Hey everyone, welcome to Antioch Speaks. It's Jordan here. So the Lord has really put it on my heart to start a new series that is called Women of Antioch. So it's basically going to be a podcast where I am going through and really diving deep into Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 the Proverbs 31 woman, a virtuous woman, is going to be the foundation of this series. So everything that we talk about, that I talk about, the guest speakers I have on here, the other women from our Antioch Speaks team, our foundation is going to be of the Proverbs 31 woman. And in that, you'll hear us talk about different women of the Bible. Some you may know, some you may not have even heard of and knew were even in there. So from that, tune in. I hope you guys enjoy and follow along with us. Welcome to episode two of our Women of Antioch series. So last time we were here, we talked about um, King Lemuel's mother and the words of his mother from verse 1 through 9 of Proverbs 31. Today we're going to pick up from Proverbs 31 verse 10 and talk about a virtuous woman. This passage of Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, is spoken by a woman to a man. This is spoken by King Lemuel's mother to him. So he could know the character and potential character of a good wife before being married and value and praise his wife for her virtuous character once they are married. So to start us off, I'm going to start by reading verse 10. And verse 10 really is talking about how she is called virtuous, not because of being married, but because this is like her guidance. This is the guidance for becoming married. So verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous wife? She So being a virtuous wife, she can be married or single. So when you're trying to find a virtuous wife, that's the character. You're trying to find a virtuous woman. I'm going to kind of translate this into woman. She can be married or single. The next part of verse 10 says, for her worth is far above rubies. So when I was reading this and kind of studying on this, I highlighted rubies. So rubies we know are a type of gem. Well, when we find gems, you know, they're very valuable and, and, and sometimes they're very, very rare to find. So her worth, your worth, is far above any diamond, any ruby. It's far above. It's so, so, so valuable, right? And then it goes on into verse 11. Verse 11 and 12 talks about her relationship with her husband, So verse 11, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her. A virtuous woman is trustworthy and filled with integrity. Women, we are to be filled with integrity and we are to be trustworthy for our partner, for our husband. The latter part of verse 11 says, so he will have no lack of gain. When he has no lack of gain, that means that she will bring great measure A virtuous woman will bring great measure to her husband. Women, we will bring great measures to our husbands. All right? So she is virtuous before any of her acts. 
So before any time she acts, she is virtuous just by being trustworthy, right? So just by being trustworthy, we are virtuous women. Her value or her worth is greater than what she does. Her worth should not be reduced to the performance of the qualities listed. So with that, her character is trustworthy and filled with integrity. She speaks, acts, and lives with wisdom. Therefore, God's blessing will be on their home. So with that, that kind of brings into verse 12 where it says, She does him good and no evil. She does not bring evil into their home. So for a virtuous woman, her character is trustworthy and filled with integrity. She will speak and act and live with wisdom. And therefore, God's blessing will fall on her household, will fall on her husband, will fall on her, and will fall on her children. She continues being a blessing, and her goodness and faithful character become deeper and greater through the passing years. The latter verse of 12, the latter part of verse 12 says, all the days of her life. So through the passing years, she's getting deeper and deeper and deeper into that character of being a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman. Now, moving on to verse 13, it talks about her work and her integrity. She seeks wool and flax. In other words, she knows how to seek and to find. She knows how to go out and look for things and try to provide things for her family that they need to for survival, right? The latter part of verse 13, and the willingness, and she willingly works with her hands. She is not proud. She is not haughty. She's like, oh my gosh, I just got my nails done and I can't do that because it's going to ruin them and it's going to chip them. No. She works with her hand. She's down in the dirt. She works in simple and in practical ways. Simple and practical ways. How many times have us women gone and strive to do something and, and we overthink it? And we try to think of all the possibilities and, oh, what if we do it this way? What if we do it this way? Oh, this way is more efficient, this, this, this. And we do all that. But we miss the simple and practical ways we could do things. What really sets a virtuous woman apart from others, what sets a virtuous wife is that she's willing to work. She willingly works. So women today, we need to strive and be willing to work with our hands. We need to be cheerful in our labor, in our service, and in, in our will, and our heart should be in it. Our heart should be serving. On to verse 14, it says, She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She provides. She goes out. She searches. She does all these things to provide for her family. It's like she patterns herself after a merchant ship, operating with regularity and effort. She brings in a continual supply of abundance. A continual, women, a continual supply of abundance. We need to be bringing in a continual supply of abundance for our families, for our husbands, for ourselves. 
okay? So now let's jump down to verse 15. She also rises while it is still yet night and provides food for her household. And a portion of that goes to her maidservants. She is compassionate. The fact that a virtuous woman would take care of her maidservants shows that she has compassion towards her maidservants. It shows that she cares. She is a caring woman. A virtuous woman cares for those that are around her and those that are even below her. Verse 16 says, she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She is forward thinking. She thinks about the future. She thinks about the future, but she doesn't dwell in it. She thinks about providing for her family, what is best for her family. That's how she thinks in the future. She doesn't think in the future by being, oh my gosh, is this going to happen? Oh my gosh, is that going to happen? She lives present in the moment and with the profits that she makes, with the things that she learns, she pours into another avenue. She plants a vineyard. She invests her time. In Isaiah 5, 2, I'm going to read it really quick. So you can turn there with me if you would like to. Um, if not, I'm just going to turn real quick. So it's Isaiah 5, 2. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, here we go. Isaiah 5, 2. This is talking about God's disappointing vineyard. So I'm going to go back a little bit to verse 1. Um, now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard being the Lord's vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. Verse 2, he dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine and he built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. Something I think we can learn from this passage of scripture in Isaiah 5 verse 2 and it's talking about digging up and clearing out stones. That's what a virtuous woman is doing for her family, for her husband. She's digging out the bad things. She's getting ready to invest, whether it's in prayer, whether it's for, for providing. She's digging out all these things that are keeping from growth happening. She's digging all this stuff out and she's planted it and replacing it with love and kindness and compassion and trustworthiness and all these things that a woman should be giving to her family. So heading into verse 17, let's start here. So verse 17 through 20 is talking about her strength and compassion. So the focus of those four verses are going to be of the virtuous woman's strengths and compassion. So verse 17 says, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. So Noted, so she's noted for her strength, uses it to produce productivity. So she works very hard with the strength that's her arms. So she takes care of her own health and strength, not by only means of useful labor, but by healthy exercise. She avoids what might drain her body and instead goes and does things that help strengthens her body. 
So verse 18 says she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out at night. So in other words, she is wise and experienced. So meaning when her lamp doesn't go out at night, um, she's experienced enough to get good merchandise from for her home and her wisdom teaches her to buy oil for her lamp of such quality that it doesn't burn out through the night and it doesn't go out and it stays lit so the quality of the oil which really says something about anointing oil you know they use olive oil because of its richness and and the properties and and the symbolism of olive oil but she uses oil that isn't weak it's a strong oil that will last throughout the night so it doesn't burn out verse 19 says she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle so the first part of this verse, she stretches out her hands to the distaff, means she knows how to use tools. She's she's very handy. She knows how to use things. You know, we might know how to use clippers or a lawnmower. She knows how to use tools to provide for her family. The latter part of the verse says, and her hand holds the spindle. So in other words, she's not afraid of the work. She knows how to use these tools and technologies and, and to make it more relevant to today that are available to her and to manage her home well. They help her manage her home. You know, a dishwasher might help her uh, do the di- wash the dishes while she's going and doing something else that needs her attention. So she, she's constantly working. She's t- constantly putting in the effort. So she learns how to use these tools that can help her manage her time. And she uses both hands to do the work well. So uh, something I read about that is when they say she uses both hands, it's like she's multitasking. You know, a virtuous woman can can multitask. She can, like I said, with the dishwasher, you know, she does something with the dishwasher. It helps her do the work while she goes and folds laundry. So, so kind of like that. But she knows how to use these tools that are available to her to help manage her household. So now leading into verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. So in this, you're learning of her compassion. You know, she's much more than a skillful manager of or housemaker. She is of great compassion. She cares and helps the poor and the needy. And she actually draws them near and attends with her hands and reaches out to those in need. She helps them. She helps them with what they need. She helps them um, discover who they are in Christ. You know, a virtuous woman cares for those who don't have very much. She might make a meal. She might spend time with them and, and, and read the word to them. A virtuous woman is very compassionate. Now, leading into our next three verses, 21 through 23, the theme of these three verses is God's blessing on a virtuous wife. These three verses are kind of, kind of talk about, you know, the blessings that are on her. So with verse 21, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed in scarlet. So for this, something to take away from this, 
verse right here is she readies her household for any challenge. So the household that she has been blessed with, she readies them for any occasion that might come up. The scarlet color of the clothing makes her children easy to find in this heavy snow. But given the light snowfall in that part of the world, it's more than likely that they just wore scarlet clothing so she could find them, whether it was snowing or any other situation. Now verse 22 says, She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So she enjoys the personal marks of God's natural blessings, like purple dye and the fine linens. This purple dye that's talked about, um, to produce this red dye that turns purple was very costly because it comes from a seashell off of the Phoenician coast and it connects the wealth and the luxury that, you know, it is talked about here. Now leading into verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So... With this verse, the virtuous woman sees such a blessing on her family and household that her husband is also esteemed and honored among the elders of the land. All this is the blessings of God that often comes to the wife who walks in virtue, wisdom, and the fear of God. Those are the blessings of the Lord. Now leading into our next two verses, verse 24 and 25, the theme of these two verses is the clothing that she sells and the clothing that she has. So verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. So she makes such great quality that she gets to sell those things that are a necessity to others. She makes them so well that they last. Verse 25, which I believe many of us will know, is strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. Now, her first priority isn't what is in her closet or what she wears, which is really what I love about the virtuous woman, is she wants to appear as pristine and, and, and put together, but it's also not her first thought. She cares more about the display of her character than her outward display and appearance. When it comes to character, she is of the best dressed, clothed with strength, in honor, so that she shall rejoice not only in the present day, but also in all the times to come. She she doesn't just hold on to the outward appearance. She focuses herself and her core and her character on the Lord, the character of Christ, the character that a virtuous woman should have, the character that a virtuous wife should have. Our next two verses that we're going to look at is verse 26 and 27, which talk more and focus more on her inner life. So verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. So in other words, wise speech and words of kindness and the law of kindness are what comes out of a virtuous woman's mouth, what comes out of a virtuous wife's mouth. 
On to verse 27, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So, one, the first part of verse 27 really is talking about she's not lazy. She's not just chilling around at the house, you know, letting her husband do all the work and run the business, and she just sits back on the couch and watches TV. No, she's up putting her hand to the plow. She's not caving into idleness, and she's flowing in what her biblical stance as a wife should be. I looked up the definition of idleness, and it is laziness. The state of inaction or inactivity. That is idleness. As a faithful guardian, the virtuous wife is observant of her family and their ways. The choice to watch so carefully means that she does not have a choice to eat the bread of idleness. She doesn't have a choice if she truly cares about her family and she truly cares about the things and how they're doing and their health and how their day was and how her husband's day was and her kids and taking care of them and making sure they're not sick. She can't be idle. Now, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have time to rest because there is a difference between resting and idleness. Resting is, you know, she can rest in the presence of her family, knowing of the well-being of her family and that her family's healthy and that they're put together and that they're safe and, and, and all in the home. She can rest then. But there's still work to be done. She's not being idle in it, but she can enjoy the moments with her family and rest. It's very important to know the difference between idleness and resting because I feel like so many women today mix up the definitions. They think that, you know, oh, I'm resting, but really you're just being lazy. Let's call it as it is. You're being lazy when you're sitting on the couch not doing anything. And I can't say anything too harsh because, I I mean, I'm not judging anyone. I do it myself. And I have to catch myself and be like, okay, what am I doing this? Is this productive? Or I run through my head, is this idleness that I'm in right now? Or am I resting? And there's moments when I am resting, but there's other moments that I am just being idle. So part of your challenge is to know the difference between idleness and rest. Now we're going to jump into the next two verses. We only have two more verses after that. So if you're still listening, thanks so much for listening with us. And let's jump right back in. So verse 28 and 29 is about her family's public praise. So verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 29 Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. That is what he praises her. The husband praises her by saying, many daughters have done well. So many daughters of, you know, moms and dads have done well when they became wives, but she excels them all. A woman of such character and wisdom rightfully receives the blessing and praises of her family. Both her children and her husband not only see, but also speak of the blessedness of the woman who brings such blessings into their household. 
Okay, now moving on to our last two verses, verse 30 and 31. The praise and the reward of a wise woman. That is the theme of these last two verses. So verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Wow, there's so much just in that one verse. And I know like verse 30 and 31 are very, very popular verses for women of Christianity. Um, they're very well known. But King Lemuel's mother noted that the passing nature of outer beauty and the deceitful nature of manipulative charm are characteristics of some women. Some women have that outer beauty that is, you know, in deceitful and manipulative charm. But in contrast, a woman who fears the Lord has beauty that does not pass and a charm that is not deceitful a charm that it does not deceive. So in this verse, it's saying this is what a woman should be. Their beauty should not be only of outer, and they should not have this manipulative charm to them, but their charm will be sweet and sincere, and their beauty will be as a ruby. It's very rare. It's not going to be, look at me. It's not going to be like that diamond beauty. It's not going to be that, look at me, see how I look, see how I'm dressed, but it's going to be more of that charm and that beauty of a ruby to where, you know, some might pass over it, and but it's keen to particular eyes. Fearing the Lord, though, going back a little bit to where it says, a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Fearing the Lord is believing that he exists. The fear of the Lord means, kind of in part, living according to the wisdom that is revealed in this book, that is revealed in the Bible. That is part of fearing the Lord. It, this woman's itemized, self-sacrificing activities for others exemplifies the fear of the Lord. That, that's exactly what this Proverbs 31 woman describes. It's laid out for how to fear the Lord. She is fearing the Lord in this, in what she does, in the work of her hands, and how she takes care of her household, and how she supports her husband and takes care of her children, and those that are in need, and the orphans, and the widows, and the elderly. This is all fearing the Lord. This Proverbs 31 and is, is, is an example of not only what wives are supposed to be like, but it's what we as Christians are supposed to act like in the church, in the world, and being that bride waiting for Christ to come back. Got a little excited there for a minute. Getting back to um, the scripture here, verse 31, which is our last verse of this chapter and of our study in our podcast. So here it reads, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, it's kind of an interesting verse, but the little bit of studying I did on it is this virtuous woman will be rewarded by the God she fears and rewarded by what she has accomplished for her family, for herself, to the public eye, to those in need, to the elderly, just like I was saying before, and publicly speak 
of her godliness and wisdom. This is what it's all about. It's all about being like Christ. And a Proverbs 31 has that center. She has the center of, I'm going to fear the Lord and everything I do, and everything I do is going to be for him and for his praise. And it really is just that simple. The Bible is a book of guidelines. We've heard that many times. You know, we've heard it our whole life. It, it's, it's not just guidelines. It's our, it's our study. This, this is the way we are to live. We are to live this way. In, in Proverbs 31, a virtuous woman, verses 10 through 31, gives us step by step how we need to walk it out. Whether you're a woman, whether you're a young girl, whether you're dating someone, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're engaged, whether you're a widow, you're divorced, however it is, this book, this chapter, these verses are our guideline to how we are to walk in our faith, how we are to fear the Lord every day in expectation and in our waiting of Jesus coming back. So, with all of that, I encourage you that you stay tuned and listen to this series. If you have questions, please send them to our email at antiochspeaks um, at gmail.com. I would love to hear y'all's feedback on this, uh, disagreements, anything you guys disagree with or that you found when you studied it. And, and that's another thing. I encourage you to study this on your own and, and email me. Uh, call me up. I would love to talk about it. And if you would like to be on Women of Antioch series, um, also you can go to that email, antiochspeaks at gmail.com and say, hey, I want to talk about this with you on the podcast. Can I be a part of it? And I would love to have you join, whether it's a phone call, whether you're sitting here right with me in the living room recording this. I'd love to have you be a part of this journey of Women of Antioch and reaching the women of the world. So hope you tune in. We're going to have more episodes coming shortly. Again, we're going to be going through the women of the Bible and how their story and their characteristics relate to a Proverbs 31. So thanks for joining and stay tuned. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Women of Antioch series. We're so excited about this series and can't wait for the next episode to come out. If you like this episode and you want to hear more from us, check out our website at antiochspeaks.com. We're also on every social media platform, so check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, any social media you have, we're on there. And we hope that you keep on listening with us.